This is how it works now. Dude. <laughs> Do I get to talk over it? Yeah. Killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Text Chris Dave Saw Massacre Extra special one today Yeah, it's uh, number one friggin' hundred One, zero, zero Wow We did it yeah allegedly mm-hmm. can you all right now name them okay exorcist exorcist don't don't breathe yeah. don't breathe don't breathe paranormal activity yeah pandora yeah antichrist yeah here's where it gets dicey is there a bone tomahawk in there somewhere dark skies there, okay we should probably not do all of them yeah and we should, somewhere we in there on. was ouija origin of evil and mm-hmm. then we did get out happened demons and demons too D- demons too uh-huh and then uh sorry i just keep playing with these levels <laughs> i gotta make it work we are Making doing a new technology work. where we can sing over top of our theme song because that's fun for us <laughs> <laughs> it's it's worth these growing pains 100 episodes and of course it's about time that we do our namesake I'd say we're a hundred episodes late, but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember an early conversation where you're like, Oh, I, I was going to say 50. We do it for a special episode of 50, 100. That's ambitious. Can I just say like when we talked about it for the first time, when we came up with the name for this podcast, mm-hmm. it struck me then like, we should probably do it immediately. Yeah. And then the next time it came up, it's like, Oh, we should maybe hit it sometime soon. Let's do 50. Like that's where I was coming from. <laughs> right. Like we, how may- are we doing it this long without <laughs> even watching or talking about this movie? Exactly. And when we were coming up with like the, the name, the stupid puns, mm-hmm. I didn't even consider watching this movie. You know, it, it wasn't even in my brain. <laughs> so that's, that's why it could even be as late as 50 or a fucking hundred. Yeah. And part of that, maybe I'm, I don't know if this is the same for you too, but it's not. And I know this is maybe bold horror statement yeah your shoulders are going up (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like my favorite horror movie and i don't hold it that dear to my heart okay i actually hold the remake closer to my heart because i was 15 years old and that was the first thing that i was exposed to with it yeah and that aesthetic was what kind of really shaped my gaining interest in horror at a young age so that that one to me is kind of more significant i know from it's hard to like just find the 70s version if you just search it yeah yeah what comes up on google is the the Mm. one everybody wants to know about which is 2003 right 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 yeah yeah but i like from a historical that was weird right lights they dimmed light dimmed a little bit but from a historical more academic perspective um there's obviously so much to appreciate about this movie yeah yeah and we're we're happy to go back and do classics yeah no i yeah. i am don't get me wrong i'm excited to watch it but i wanted to just express that caveat that it's not my favorite of the classics yeah okay fair yeah. enough and and for me i've like i don't have a very storied history with texas chainsaw i just never uh like scary cats may know like i wasn't even a big slasher guy mm-hmm. like so it, it never really came up and when the remake came out i remember not seeing the whole thing Oh, yeah? due to like kind of being frightened it's it's scary yeah I, and I, I i haven't seen that one in many years Same. either but um i remember it being very very scary yeah. of all those early 2000s ones i think that's near the top yeah 15 years ago for that i remember Crazy. kind of feeling oh new <laughs> uh jesus anyway 
time makes you older. But yeah, so some of the things that I realized just from doing some research that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, why it's held to be so significant is it's the first one where you have like a power tool situation. Yeah, I read, I read that tools. too. Yeah. yeah. So you probably read the same one that I did. Um, and the idea of kill the killer having like just being a large faceless mm-hmm. figure yeah. that was new for cinema. Sure. This is 73 mm-hmm. or 74. 74. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's going to be the inspiration for Halloween like, four it, years later. Yeah, Halloween and then Friday the Thirteenth, all of them. Totally, those big hulking beasts that we come to just you know associate associate with those sort of supernatural slashers, I guess you call them. Yeah, with the supernatural that, for what Leather, for Leatherface. Uh, I'm just kind of thinking that about like just um, Friday the Thirteenth and uh, mm. Halloween. Yeah, and I mean, there's definitely a trajectory of realism from you know this leatherface hillbilly family living in the middle of nowhere oh, yeah, towards yeah. the shape who's somewhat kind of a mythical figure but still very grounded in reality mm-hmm. to jason who just becomes this off the charts yeah starting as a kid mass murder yeah yeah, yeah right turning into a big huge man mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then going on forever and going to space and hell and shit totally have you ever seen any of these texas sequels no no never yeah like i said this isn't a big uh a big franchise for me no no i i think it just it must have been so powerful when it came out like if you were yeah. watching the 70s it probably just had such an insane impact things that you've never seen on film before mm-hmm. yeah i think it'll probably for its genre it'll yeah. be probably like uh, night of the living dead totally and this is um for us this is us going back pretty far for us is, is night of the living dead is still the furthest back we've gone 68? the oldest one we've watched yeah so this would be the third oldest behind exorcist maybe yeah i get yeah that's right yeah hmm. okay this is gonna be fun and toby hooper we love him yeah i mean what we just did funhouse just a couple weeks ago yeah and, and i mean what a he must be one of the most bizarre horror directors in terms of range right like funhouse okay, yeah. to something like this like you can you can kind of know a carpenter movie when you're watching it mm-hmm. west craven films are yeah. kind of similar to another that's a good point toby hooper well yeah i i don't think i can i see his stamp on a movie without knowing that he did it yeah huh how could you tell they're the same director that's a good point man let us know someone if you if they're like discernible Hooper-isms. toby hooper isms yeah. yeah 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 tell us about the hooper isms yeah but no I'm, i remember like just kind of a real kind of grimy lo-fi aesthetic to it that's very pleasing some of the shots look gorgeous in this first one mm-hmm. that kind of always stick with you obviously those final scenes which is the logo of our podcast right yeah <laughs> a very important which of course i'm very familiar with uh-huh um and like in looking at like old old trailers and just video clips that i've seen over the years like i get um and, and then researching it of course like getting the um the sense that this introduces a very um desolate dead empty um sort of look at america right um which i think is going to be great it's going to maybe feel sort of like um hills have eyes mm-hmm. you know, something from my own you know something i've seen that i'm quite familiar with what is happening with that light man uh, i don't know it's i think it's just a nice spooky celebration of 100 episodes 100 episodes so the, the demon is like i'm gonna celebrate demons acting up it's like <laughs> if you guys aren't i'm gonna that was a champagne cork hitting the- that is an old callback for those <laughs> who have been with us for the entirety of these 100 eps Oh uh, yeah, we've had some some weird things happen just while we're trying to get together and watch movies and talk about them. Absolutely. Um, we're, we've been drinking less these months, you know, the last half year, <laughs> and that maybe makes the demon feel yeah. that they, 
I don't want to, you know, impose gender on this demon. That's nice. That's they, good. Yeah, thank you. Um, they can't take as much advantage of us if, if we're not as tipsy. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. In that we drink less, so there's less demon activity is probably... Yeah, that's the only correlation I can put together. That's all I got, too. Great. Um, so it's good to see the demon back fucking with the lights. Yeah, um, it's been a while. Ruining my ability to speak because I'm real distracted and a little nervous. We do think that there might be some like hauntings going on down here. Every once in a while, Chris was like, did you see that? Like out of the corner of Ryan, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but it's harmless. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pleasant. I think it's fine. <laughs> I think it's fine. We've been here it a long time. It doesn't seem malevolent. Yeah. We always assume demons and spirits are just... Well, demons, yeah, but we always assume all spirits are out to kill us but some are just probably chilling yeah and honestly like if you're really convinced that there's a demon or something just like set up some dangerous situations like put the toaster near the shower <laughs> see if it you know it's Knocks gonna it in. see if it, those things happen if you make it real easy for the demon will it kill you and if not it's probably a nice one there you have it mm-hmm. that's a little life hack <laughs> <laughs> well it's been it's been an amazing fun 100 episodes and yeah who knows if we'll make it to 200 but we keep on trekking on yeah um who knows if we'll make it to 200 there's a lot more movies to watch chris vandenberg <laughs> a lot more movies and a lot more contingencies in life who knows where i will be in a month or a year who knows where you will be in two years yeah it's true um i remember when we started this podcast we were very gung-ho and happy about saying we're watching all of them yeah we're watching every horror i think movie. i said i can't wait till we get to a thousand yeah well i mean <laughs> um man imagine just like yeah this guy dave here my bud, we watched a thousand movies together. <laughs> it took us 16 years, but we did it. I mean, if we live in the same city for 16 more years, if we both live here and for some reason don't kill each other and still get along 16 years from now, that's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. It'd be, imagine us just as old men just in our 80s. Welcome to the Texas Saw Massacre episode 6,422. We're watching Poltergeist for the 17th time. <laughs> like have we ever watched this <laughs> i have never even heard of such a film poltergeist sounds scary what if we start getting like way more scared of horror movies way more scared on? and just more senile <laughs> that would be that'd be the best yeah man that's the dream and i think that's what all the scaredy cats are hoping for is yeah uh, to grow old with us yes and thanks for those of you that have stuck with us for all these episodes yeah Our growing it, fan base encourages us and gets excited to just keep doing this every week yeah it's been so much fun over these hundred episodes to chat with you guys to read your comments to uh hear what you think to uh go into movies you know you, you guys haven't already talked about oh the sequel is so great or this is so scary it's been really really fun to watch a hundred fucking horror movies yeah and talk about them for you guys totally and you've really shaped our understanding of the genre and with yeah. your suggestions and teased future episodes and expectations for ourselves yeah. saying like i'm so excited to watch exorcist 3 in yeah. about a month <laughs> this is great yeah <laughs> I, I love it it's really given me a way to take in so many components of the horror genre totally and we're, we're always building and we're always doing more mm-hmm. um it, it's just and also like the isolated incidents of like some of our our favorites reaching out to us like um when we got to have a little back and forth with michael r perry yeah you know who, who's the voices paranormal 
too. Absolutely. That was huge for us. That was amazing. That was super, super cool. Yeah. To hear from people like Jamie O'Rourke on set of yeah. The Ritual, giving yeah. us a tease way in advance of what to look forward to. Yeah. It's so cool. It's been so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, we've learned so much about the genre. I mean, totally. I we started this podcast because we were horror fans, but these hundred episodes have really traced, I think, our development from horror fans to horror nerds, like really learning yeah. more and more. And we still have a long way to go. There's still yeah. so many we need to see, but... Totally. But yeah, I can jump into conversations now with the best of them mm-hmm. and, and yeah i know <laughs> so much more because of it it's great but at the same time i felt when we started that i knew a lot about horror and now i just realize like i feel more ignorant now than i did yeah. 100 movies ago i now feel like i know how expansive the genre actually is mm-hmm. and how much people have been paying attention you know like it's people have thought about these movies a lot yeah that's that's what makes it fun for us to do like frankenfishes and stuff the mm-hmm. movie that no one has thought about <laughs> <laughs> you know to, yeah. to jump in but then like sometimes we watch a movie i'm like oh my god i felt this and this and this and then you get to go and see that it's been broken down by like academic students for the past like 25 years totally but i love having that first shot here on the podcast it's great to try to get through it totally great and it's another reason why it's so fun to do like new exciting horror movies and why those episodes ends up end up being closer to an hour and a half like hereditary mm. we just had so much to get into it we had so much to get into totally because we get the first pass on it it's not something that's been analyzed for so many years exactly we get to have our day mm-hmm. you know, in the spotlight <laughs> where we're you know just yeah. thinking about and rewatching and rewatching and looking for little secrets in these brand new movies absolutely and sometimes getting lucky enough to like see the directors you know talk about it and answer questions and stuff and yeah hopefully we're, we're when we're recording this right now we don't yet know the lineups for our two big festivals midnight madness at toronto international film festival and toronto after dark but mm-hmm. i'm very excited to see what films come up on those yeah, because those could be the, you know, the huge stunners of next year. Yeah, right? that we're not even aware of yet. Exactly. And in fact, one or two of them probably will be. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have that to look forward to. Totally. And I'm not even that concerned about if Suspiria or Halloween isn't at either, because those two movies are coming out in October anyways. Yeah, hell so, yeah. No big deal. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not like a ritual situation where we have to wait another seven months to see yes, it again. That would be a bit of a problem. Uh-huh. Although, going into the ritual, I had no idea it was going to be something I needed so bad in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a pleasant surprise. I, I, I love that about the festivals. Mm-hmm. Zero expectations, zero hype yeah. for a lot and, of them. And great, great crowds like of mm-hmm. people who have yeah. gone through the steps to get these tickets. Exactly. People so, are going out of their way to the, get to these screenings. They're the best. Getting all excited. Awesome, man. Can't wait for the future. <laughs> 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 all right. That brings us to a little segment we like to call. It worked. I was about to do that. I want to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got that one here too. But um, So this week for Scare and Tell, uh, I'm going to talk about a horror book that I read recently. And this is Paul Tremblay's latest novel, Cabin in the Woods. And this is a, okay. this is a new horror release. Um, Stephen King loved it. But I feel like he throws a stamp of approval a lot. He does. Yeah. Lately, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like he's trying to make some friends. i don't know some like little like uh, bakery company that makes apple pies stephen king tweets he's like there are these really really (laughs) great apple pies that remind me of my childhood terrifying scariest pie (laughs) eaten in half a year um cabin at the end of the world what did I, did I say that you right? said cabin in the woods oh i meant cabin at the end of the world <laughs> okay i was looking at you expecting like hold on you read a brand new book about something that 
Yeah, it's an adaptation of the 2012 film into book format. No, so I had read his Cabin previous novel. Cabin at the End of the World. Cabin at the End of the World. Cool. I'd read his previous novel, Head Full of Ghosts, which is mostly pretty good and interesting. This one I loved. I thought it was like from mm-hmm. page two or three, it just kicks into high gear tension right away, mm-hmm. and it doesn't stop until the end of the novel. It's like 300 page pages that just fly by oh wow it's unbelievable the premise is page one's a bit of a snore though huh well you're just kind of getting into it you're like okay <laughs> right. what's happening it's this kid walking around and then once the shit starts happening you're like oh fuck right everyone's in danger the story is it's two dads and their daughter are just going away to a cabin that has no connection no cell phone service or anything mm-hmm. way out in the middle of nowhere it's like a one-week vacation and the novel opens with just the daughter playing out front and this random person just comes up the rock way to her and starts talking with her and starts saying, mm. um, I'm really sorry. Like you're, you're going to have to get your dads. You are going to have to make some terrible choices. Some horrible things are about to happen and you need to, you need to let me and my friends in to your cabin. And then three more people come in and they, it essentially becomes like a home invasion where these four people come in to the two dads and the daughter and they're just giving them this horrible choice that they have to make or else there's going to be insane consequences they allege like a funny games kind of totally uh, but more more broader more metaphysical sure um yeah again i'm trying to dance around and be as spoiler yeah, free yeah. as possible but it's really good you should check it out um oh. i can see how a lot of people would be upset with the ending but i thought it was a great ending okay uh-huh is it like a, a shorter thing where you're able to peel through it quick yeah it's well it's like 270 pages oh, right. but you, it you just that, yeah. it just flies by yeah that's that's short yeah huh. that sounds very interesting yeah it's just like a great kind of lighter like it's not it's not too too dense it's a very everything's kind of happening on the surface but I, I loved it it was a thrilling read that that's nice too to get one of those like really good gut punch kind of scenarios mm-hmm. that you can get through pretty quick that's less than 800 pages yeah so. yeah <laughs> i don't know those books anymore i read <laughs> books with over a thousand or nothing <laughs> Or nothing. <laughs> yeah. How's the... I guess you might be saving the book, that giant tome you're currently reading for a later scare and tell? The, yeah. I'm going right. to try to get through more of it. Great. Oh, God. It's a little teaser. Yeah. That big old book I'm reading. <laughs> um, but similarly, um, this week for my scare and tell, um, I watched a movie that Stephen King uh, loved. <laughs> Mm. raved about uh through his, a seal of approval yeah. on twitter out about uh the <laughs> he's just got a big stack of those he's thrown at everyone <laughs> just whatever he's doing yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have the capacity to not love and hype something <laughs> yeah um and he knows it means so much to everyone i yeah. mean like well i mean it literally made me watch the movie so <laughs> <laughs> and he was right so oh okay let's hear it um it was uh netflix's recent uh caliber mm-hmm <clears throat> So, I mean, thinking about it right this minute, this isn't as strictly horror as maybe some other movies that we do here, but um, it's more of a super uncomfortable thriller where something really bad has happened and they're trying not to let anyone find out, the two main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how far after the fact will this be? Because I don't know if I should spoil the shit out of this or not. Um yeah, this this episode's coming out August twenty fifth, I believe. So I think people will have their yeah, it's been out their for, time to watch it. It's been out for a good month or more, and we only spoil. So yeah, um, unless you're spoiling for me, because if this is good, then I'll probably want to check it out. It's good. It's very simple. The, the thing is, it's like um, it's one of those movies where it's like you know characters have to make hard decisions, and you just watch it play out. Mm. Um, and 
Yeah, maybe I can avoid it. Let's see. Let's see okay. how this plays out. Um, so yeah, these two like best friends, like childhood friends, go hunting to a like super remote Scottish village, um, and it's like, oh god. So they're the one, uh, the nicer of the two. <laughs> you know how you always get like, yeah, you know, good cop, bad cop, good cop, bad. Although it's like because you're you're meant to like really identify with these characters. It's like the good cop, and then the good cop who maybe smokes weed sometimes. You know, like okay. <laughs> it's like they're they're both great guys, but one is like a little more like steering into the skid of this terrible situation that happens. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, yeah, he's the nicer of the two. Is like looking down the sights of a deer. Um, he's about to take the shot. And like right as he's pulling the trigger, the deer like looks its head up and then right behind it, there's a kid standing there. Uh. Yeah. And it's just like, just boom, instant. It's a genius shot. Um, and the movie's full of it. Just so like he pulls, he pulls, he pulls the trigger, the trigger oh and it's just like the deer looks up and then just a kid is shot. It's, it's a stunningly rough shot to watch. It's, Oh, it's good. Um, the whole movie is really beautifully shot as well. Like that's something maybe I should have said right at the top. It's just gorgeous to watch. Mm. Um, is a familiar director? Not to me. No, no, I don't, I don't know. The I could look it up right now, but, um, anyway, probably not. I mean, Netflix is just, just so many people acquiring whatever. Are, it's a lesser known. Yeah. And it's usually like often these movies, cause I'm watching so many of just like, it comes out on Netflix. It's horror ish. I just throw it on Good without enough. looking Boom. into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, sometimes you strike gold doing that sometimes. Um, but like often it's like the first or second feature and usually it's pulled from some like little, like Europe. a lot of them have been European lately. some little European festival. Right. Um, so anyway, uh, so it, it it turns into like kind of trying to cover that up, but like the dad of the kid like runs over, he's like, no, no. And the, like, you can see he just starts to like snap. Ugh. He aims his gun up at the guy oh, who did shit. it. Then the other guy kills that guy. Kills that guy. So then we've got to deal with this, but they're in this super small isolated town where everyone knows everyone. And so they, and they're the visitors, they're the visitors, but they immediately get adopted by like the town's like leader mayor kind of guy and brought into everything and taken out to drink at the bar every night. And, you know, beforehand or kind of during this, like the night before they meet him. And then when they get back, like, they're like, Hey, where have you been hunting? Mm. And it's, it's just from there on out, they get involved in the search you know, they oh have, my god! So they're 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 covering it up. They're, they're trying their best to cover it up. Gotcha. The one guy doesn't want to. The one guy does, and it gets so brutal, like the kind of stuff they have to do. And it it's fucking awesome. It's it's a really good movie. But where it all where all the tension is is just like they're standing next to the people who are these like you know backwoods you know lawless folk who mm-hmm. are just like itching to you know get revenge or to, figure out what happened to figure out what happened and you can tell it's like it, it's sort of small town mob justice is what's going to happen and they're just trying to get through this trip and get home before <laughs> something happens but oh god it's it's a great circle in the drain kind of movie wow but super high tension and super uncomfortable so if you like if you watch movies and they get like get in get you anxious like if this end of the strangers kind of did that to you mm-hmm. you're just going to be feeling it the whole movie and you're going to be squirming and i think that's what stephen king was like praising right he's like the choices that these characters make just get in your guts like it's it's a pretty fun time that sounds great yeah, it was admittedly pretty good, but it is a thriller and it's that, you know, sort of will they, won't they find out Yeah, more than it is straight up horror, but there are some suggested gore and death that's pretty rough. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that whole kind of build up just leads me to think, okay, well, how, how dark are these townspeople? Like what, what will they do to them if they mm-hmm. find out like that? 
that to me is a horrific element yeah. of that kind of a plot and and that's what they have like behind the surface at all times yeah. and then it's like the one he's like he can't keep this to himself he's so wrecked by what he did hmm. like oh it's good awesome great dude. movie great performances um i don't know who the actors are either so just hop on netflix check out caliber if you want great one of those real gut feeling experiences that's nice it's nice to not recognize too many people sometimes yeah, yeah. or get into a story definitely and especially if you're if you want to if it's going to be a super emotional experience you don't want to have precedent for oh i know them from a you know an Edgar Wright movie mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to take them seriously is that a reference to the ritual yes <laughs> <laughs> right because that one guy was the store employee yep crazy little connection there little wiener uh-huh nailed it um all right that brings us to our segment the dave and christery this dave and christery this dave and christery we watched anna smell creation ah uh, good old anna smell mm-hmm. that movie um that was one of the two that, that kind of soured on me um as as time has gone by yeah like it felt it felt okay i think we were pretty middle of the road of it when we came yeah. out of it um but i really don't remember anything about that movie really forgettable yeah i was i remember a couple things but like no i remember more about watching annabelle as homework the night before Mm, right the first first one one. yeah which is critically way less well regarded exactly like so i mean i think that annabelle creation was definitely a better movie Mm -hmm. but then there is something about you know sequel syndrome even though it's a prequel but like it doesn't have the same originality even though it was better Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i didn't love the first movie but i remember it a lot more totally no, it just it just feels like uh like my memory of it is just kind of like a lesser James Wan, even though it's not James Wan, it's David Sandberg. It just <laughs> a lesser just James a Wan. lesser James Wan type of movie. Yeah, like it's in that vein. It's not going to be as good as Conjuring or Insidious. Yeah, and um, yeah, I really am struggling to remember a scene. I my what can, comes to mind immediately is the the device to bring the one girl who can't walk up and down the okay, stairs. So that, that, that played, that was like a gimmicky horror scene. And for some reason, uh, yeah, the, the scene, do you remember what that scene was? No, like, do you, do you? Yeah. She, she uses it to go down yeah. in the middle of the night after when she's being like chased or pursued or has seen the doll moving around or whatever she saw. Mm-hmm. Or were they seeing ghosts in that one, but the doll was around? Whatever it was. Yeah. So she was getting approached by some little ghost kid, I think, or something under a sheet or whatever it was. And so she gets in the thing to try to go down, and then halfway down it stops. Right. And then starts right. going back up. Ah, yeah. yeah that, there that, it is. That was the sequence. But, like, nothing came of it. Yeah. Um, I remember when the the guy, the guy who was... The dad who was taking it, care of them all? It something? was, like, the leader of the orphanage, the, yeah. the, the thing for girls. Um, My brain is put in Herschel. In yeah, that role, but I don't think it was that. <laughs> no, actor. it wasn't. Um, but he reaches his hands out and then gets all his fingers broken back with mm-hmm. some sort of not good CGI. Huh. All his fingers get broken. Yeah, barely remember. I also fell asleep famously. Right. <laughs> famously, <laughs> Chris famously fell asleep in the theater for about like for 10, 10 15 minutes. minutes. A quick little break. Nothing big <laughs> happened. I'm like uh, a jump scare will wake me up when <laughs> something interesting <laughs> is happening. <laughs> a lesser james wan jump scare unlikely unlikely (laughs) yeah um all right man well i think it's time that we head on into uh texas and watch some people get chainsaw massacred let's do it cheers cheers that was that was a really good movie that was quite a ride the thing that sticks out most 
like remarkably most mm-hmm. for my brain to try to process is that he made this movie and he made the fun house like six or seven years apart. And uh-huh. that was later. That was la- later. He eventually evolved into yeah. fun house, the director of fun house, just the amount of incredible shots. Yeah. Like just the way things are framed. Yeah. The way so be- we didn't get any of that in fun house. No. Well, I mean, I did talk a little bit about remember when the kid was walking back and forth, like looking for a way in. I really like the way the camera is sliding back and forth. It, it, do you in, remember what I'm talking about? In, in the, fun house. When he's running around the carnival. Uh, no, when he's like literally in front of the fun house and he's walking back and yes, forth along yeah, the wooden yeah, yeah. part. Right. Like, I think I you think did that was that staged really, really well. And I like that. Yeah. But this, like you could make a whole photo book of just different, beautiful, yeah. single f- frame shots mm-hmm. throughout this film. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the restored fucking it looks, unbelievably it looks so so good so good looking yeah it's made in 74 it looks mm-hmm. like i feel like i don't know why this was the thought that came to my mind but you could like in some like um english class where you're a substitute teacher and you're throwing on some like movie a bunch of teenagers or young kids seeing this right now would probably be like riveted and or disturbed yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I I think so. Like it's mm-hmm. like especially restored so that the color like it's super palatable and it goes down smooth. Absolutely. Like it, it's just such a And like part part of it like it just yes, it's super sharp, but it does look like mm-hmm. like a 70s yeah. like the whole like he really captures that setting so well. Everything uh-huh. kind of has like a sepia kind of glow yeah, to it. Yeah, that's it, dude. Absolutely. It's got this sort of like patina on it. Like mm-hmm. it, it really stuck in that time in terms of like the way that the color like hits you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in this restored version, like there's nothing to get hung up on in terms of just watching it as a movie. It goes down really, really, really smooth. Yeah. Other than like there's some, the way that some scenes are spliced together, I feel aren't as effective now as maybe they were then. Like I'm thinking mm-hmm. of this one shot near the end when they're doing a rapid cut at the dinner table of her screaming yeah yeah it's like scream scream like this angle this angle this angle i was thinking about that that was like a little bit gratuitous a little bit kind of like why are they doing this Mm -hmm. and that to me is just the exact same like final sequence in uh in the fun house where it was that gratuitously long shot of just chains moving and the gears and and the silly man monster man like screaming waving his hands but nothing happening Mm -hmm. just a ton of like gratuitous like establishing shots throughout a, a really loud moving scene. Right. It, it was really similar. Totally, to, totally has those parallels. That's one right? of the Hooperisms we were looking for. Yeah. And, but sometimes it works very well. Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning of the dinner scene, when she's just realizing what's happening and she yeah. starts screaming and the rest of them scream back at her. They're like, howling. that scene is amazing. Yeah. And they all start like howling like hyenas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it became something of like, they had really good footage of like her eyes close up. Oh man. So yeah. It seems like just use that. I mean, the movie's an hour 25, like Mm -hmm. it it seemed like a bit of a fill space. This is where our climax is. So just build it up with any tool you have. Totally. And like, these are very minor notes on a movie that is incredibly tight. Yeah. And I wouldn't trim like anything else from it. Nope. It's so effective. It goes by so quickly. Totally. Yeah. That was such a, I I said it right at the top, but it was just a smooth, it goes down so smooth. Mm Mm-hmm for that movie like i've seen now so many other like 80s slashers exactly it's like how in the fuck did 
did they make those shit ass movies? Like just it just because of it, like at the time and when it's filmed, it does bring to mind all the 80s slashers that we've watched. Like it brings mm-hmm. to mind all the different chapters of Friday the 13th. Yeah. And this is just like the A plus version of all of those C minus yeah, yeah. versions of the same kind of movie. Exactly. Like it's it's gross and it's really scary it's so visual like mm-hmm. they're, they're building shots you know they're creating these insane images made of like bones and body parts and stuff how appropriate i don't know what's happening out there it sounds like Leatherface is next door yeah just <laughs> cutting somebody up <laughs> um wow i totally forgot so many elements of this movie the fact that Leatherface is running is so scary yeah because we're used to just kind of creepy slow moving killers yeah, so the fact- I never lose like how close they yes, are to the target despite how slow they walk yeah but Leatherface is gunning it and just there's something so terrifying about that running and like cutting stuff in his way yeah to like get get her yeah oh, like that's scene where she was like sucking those wooden bramble stuff and her like mm-hmm. hair gets stuck like yeah Leatherface is literally just running and flailing that crazy chainsaw and like smoke is kicking out of it in the night like just what a nightmare to film that area like how oh, do you get God. a camera in that brambly yeah. zone and 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 like just like we were saying with that you know one scene there was just so many quick cuts in all of those like chasing sequences like there were very few long sustained shots unless it was oh. just someone like screaming or the chainsaw going yeah but like it was a ton of cuts a ton of different angles a ton of like moving camera shots like totally the editing work here like stitching this thing together i can't imagine and we consistently move through from like sunset through the evening until the morning yeah so you have to have continuity of how bright it is outside from when she's being chased from house to house yeah it it can't get too bright it can't get too dark exactly and And we'll uh, add on top of that the fact that (laughs) so perfect i'm so happy yeah totally i love it (laughs) add on top of that the fact that it was made for 140k and like how how i don't know Uh, but like it it was the subject of incredibly long days to like cut like machine rental costs and stuff yeah i saw that so they're working seven days on zero days off exactly every second of every day and there's just they have so many night shots day shots and shots at either sunrise or sunset Mm -hmm. that there's no time in the day where they can't be filming something that they need to get. Yeah, you wonder how it was sequenced. Yeah. Because if they were doing it that quick, they definitely would have been, you know, doing it non-chronologically. Oh, there's, I can't imagine. There's no way. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's sunset again? Let's try getting that chainsaw shot. Like, yeah. do that one more, you know, every time they have the chance to. Oh, yeah. that's It's so crazy to think about putting this movie together. It seems yeah. like that would just be... And you think that would show on, like, the actors' faces that they were... That they had to do this incredibly dense shoot and... Um, it just maybe like wouldn't give as good performances as they do, but all the characters and actors are phenomenal yeah. in this movie. Well, um, does anyone encounter Leatherface other than the final girl who doesn't just see him and die immediately? Um, no. Other, other than um, the first girl who gets yeah, thrown hooked, in the freezer. Hooked on, yeah, hooked and, on the back. And, so oh, she's God. technically maybe still, maybe still half alive, alive flailing in that freezer. Yeah, I imagine at this point, probably not. That One thing I noticed, too, is it's so judicious with the gore. And you don't mm, actually yeah. see a lot, but it's still so, so effective. Like yeah. when, when the one girl is being put on the hook... You it don't hear or see anything. It just cuts. And she's on it. Yeah. Yeah. And when the guy in the chair is being hacked up by the chainsaw, there's no blood. There's None, no anything. Yeah. That, that was me, a small criticism is that anytime the chainsaw was do- getting kills, there was no blood on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because this but, is 74. This is a very early one. Mm-hmm. 
you know and, and that also like um this was part, part of the research as well that toby hooper was intentionally trying to limit on-screen violence Absolutely. to get uh, to get a better rating but ended up getting r anyway it got banned from a bunch of countries still banned, yeah. even with this super palatable low gore yeah because i mean it's, it's horrific enough the implied violence and the yeah just the grossness of the pursuers yeah it's just disgusting and the viciousness of it like it's a sledgehammer to the head mm-hmm. you know like it, um similar to the um friday the 13th part three mm-hmm. where Remind um me. uh in the barn with the biker who he like bashes yes. yeah, yeah so we've got the the scene where you can see most of their body in the doorway and you can see most of the killer's body like raising up the instrument and then bludgeoning the head that's off screen mm-hmm. so it's like the violence there is, for all intents and purposes, is just the most vicious version of it, just without a splatter. Totally. But like, yeah, those thuds over the head are so effective. And we did get little bits of gore that were super effective. Like yeah. when Grandpa hit her over the head, they showed oh, like yeah. the gouged back of her head. Just a big bash like, yeah. crater in her head. Totally. And, and she when, was covered in blood because of it. Mm-hmm. Like when she did finally get out and jump through the window for the second time. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> The trauma and the fight that this character has in her is just insane. But then also when Leatherface is cutting his own leg and they just show like kind of a little chunk of flesh. It's so effective. Yeah. You see it just kind of grinding up the flesh on the top of the leg and then pulls it off the pants. Yeah. So good. That was a great use of the gore because you're not seeing somebody get ripped apart. You're seeing an accident. Like (laughs) we, we are not making this chainsaw sound in the background. This is purely serendipitous. You, You think they can hear it? (laughs) <laughs> they're like oh they're doing chainsaw finally <laughs> let's rev it up yeah we we were just like so indulgent that we just play the chainsaw noise every few seconds <laughs> like i love that podcast but i hate the Tex texas chainsaw episode. it's just so annoying <laughs> that'd be hilarious dude uh, uh, i love i love just the structure of this whole movie how you know they're just in the car at the beginning and you get the one brother in and you don't know what to make of him at first mm-hmm. and just how quickly he becomes this creepy scary character oh yeah how much he ramps up in intensity and yeah. then for them to kind of escape and get out of that and that to be like a little because you need a little bit of a taste of what's happening sure for a slasher right near the top right usually it's the opening scene uh-huh. but this is like drawn out and it's kind of the first act yeah it's, it it's sort of spends as like them arriving road trippy feeling yeah yeah a bunch of teens going out for something nice to well because they want to visit like an old childhood site like that their dad still owns okay yeah because are two of them like brother sister yeah the the one in the chair is the brother of the girl who gets hooked first i think okay yeah and it's their like childhood home yeah because they know of like the old swimming hole it used to be between the two sheds yeah yeah (laughs) so it seems like the old childhood home Mm -hmm. and they're just gonna go go for the day because you know it's 74 there's no internet Uh, okay so if they grew up there (laughs) (laughs) um yeah or or didn't grow up but visited like spent time there like it like what i got is that this house is in the family and they had like an aunt that lived there and they came there like to visit in the summer occasionally so it was a vacation-y place yeah all right but in there in that visitation they never stumbled across the murder neighbors (laughs) i guess not because wouldn't they be growing up side by side with the absolutely but maybe the neighbors have really ramped up and gotten into the cannibalism and killing what's the artwork chris 
It's not the process. It's about the final product. Absolutely. It's the they art. Want, I mean, the amount of things they made with human remains in that house, mm-hmm. that bench, I loved the, that shot. Yeah, the couch, like the <laughs> yeah, full yeah, like, yeah. Gross skeleton couch that they had. Uh-huh. And that's the one moment where the one girl thinks, oh, something's very wrong here. when Because yeah. she doesn't know her boyfriend has been bludgeoned and dragged off yet. She oh, just yeah. sees the, the certain bones in the doorway. Uh-huh. And it just kind of pans out slowly. And it's such an effective way to direct the audience to be like yeah. now they know something's going down yeah that's how they figure it out. and that's how quick it goes too because everyone just walks in there and gets got yeah and in fact the first kill that happens in that house is just like as the viewer it is so stunning it's and shocking yeah yeah you get clotheslined by it yeah he just he walks into the house after so much like it's a really good take on the part in a movie where they go to a house nobody's home mm-hmm. and sort of your brain as a viewer is like I really wouldn't walk into someone's house as quickly as characters always do. But this guy really knocks on the door, opens the door, knocks on the inside of the door. Hello, hello. He's really like yelling. Makes sure. Yeah. yeah. And, but then you, all the while you're getting shots inside the house and seeing all these th- like animal bones all over the walls and mm-hmm. stuff. And you're just getting a creepy, but not a really close up view of what's wrong with the inside of this house. Totally. He walks in and then trips. Like, it's so weird. He walks in and then trips and then just out of nowhere appears Leatherface and down comes the little sledgehammer. And this is the other way it subverts it. Usually, you know, you get little tastes or teases of who the the main killer is, the main baddie. Mm -hmm. You know, you maybe see him at a distance or something. Here, we just get full Leatherface in full frame out of nowhere in like a split yeah. second bludgeons drags off the body and then slams that door yeah and just the slamming of that door and then the shot just remains on yeah. that hallway yeah and it it's feels so terrifying feels like your heart stops when yeah. that door You're makes like, impact what the f- what is that and um that kill though as well we get that bludgeon that comes out of nowhere he falls down mm-hmm. right so it's so much more brutal to see the hammer going 12 to 6 and hitting someone on the yeah. ground than it is when they're standing up but he bludgeons this guy and he's just spasming covered in blood yes, on the ground yes oh right? my god by the face takes a quick look that's and then so finishes scary job. like just yeah. that you know the body isn't dead there but it's still kind of just twitching around yeah, yeah. And, and i mean again this is something that you don't even see a tremendous amount of now with like you know those head injuries that you know just are grossly visceral yeah um i'm thinking of the one in uh belco experiment um the guy who plays merle from walking dead gets hit with the wrench in the head he's got that little dent in his head yeah he says yeah. a couple weird lines and oh then yeah, just, yeah yeah and then just totally you can see his his lights flick out uh-huh. um oh there it is did that uh, that was just my headphones no it was mine too that's why I was, <clears throat> okay i need to adjust it um, yeah but like i but mean th- i can't imagine going in and seeing that scene yeah in this movie blank and i'm not sure if that main poster with leatherface on it is the original poster i kind of feel Mm. like it is but it would be so terrifying if you did not know what this movie was you didn't know who the bad guys were and then you just saw leatherface for the first time in that context yeah oh my god that would have been incredible yeah because it even it worked on me now now yeah yeah it, it was really gruesome and like the a lot of that goes to whoever whoever was responsible for the the props you know and the setting of the um this stage in this movie yeah whoever put together all of these pieces meticulous because this it's insane it's like it's the opposite of minimalism like every inch of this house is covered in some kind of weird construction of different animal carcasses and human carcasses yeah and it's like the furniture it's the house is decorated like this you know weird stuff is hanging from strings all over and then yes every seat and every lamp Mm -hmm. and every hanger on the wall all of it is 
gross absolutely yeah people so we all we know about this family there's no no women around anymore it's just the dad and his two kids Mm -hmm. and the grandfather just four men yep living in this house and the grandpa who for all intents and purposes just looks entirely dead we think he's just a corpse a rotting corpse in the Uh attic and then to add that element of oh no he's still somehow like alive just barely and really like gets recharged by just direct consumption of human blood the blood gets them <laughs> that's puts a little bit nuts so um what like, i got from the way that they staged it and what they showed us and this is probably it um that the grandpa was super old you know on his way out in that chair and then across from him upstairs was the grandma who had no face and was clearly dead mm-hmm. and then so leatherface does leatherface change masks to the one that has all the makeup on it I, I'm not sure if it's that, the same mask and then he just put makeup on it, but he definitely changed hair. I think he, he put like some wig on. Well, the thing is, I think that he changed masks to the grandma's face. Ah, uh, because the grandma's face was kind of hacked off. Well, I think it was bit. gone. Like it was just like a skull with flesh. Um, Interesting. And I think that he put that on and the wig to be grandma for dinner. Uh, <laughs> That's what I think was going on. Oh, I, I like that. Cause he, I, he did like straight up change. Like it was a different mask. Mm-hmm. I remember like the shot of the first mask had a, um, it didn't have the full, like close to his no, it was, mouth. Yeah. Mouth. It was definitely different. Yeah. So it's yeah. different skin. Mm-hmm. So we don't know that yeah, the first could be grandma could be just like the matriarchy figure, like letter faces. Yeah. And now I play mom and just throws sure. on like a wig yeah. and the makeup. But either way, like, wow this family that's so <laughs> fucked and i love how like this dad who's clearly kind of the weakest of all three still has that authority like he's uh-huh. hitting leatherface who's twice his size and disciplining yeah. him and telling him with, to do certain things and leatherface is kind of moaning and cowering yeah with at the his, authority of his father with his little half broomstick handle <laughs> which which would do nothing to no one but he like knocks her out cold with it and then disciplines both his sons. Yeah. But it, yeah. So he, he kind of suggests that he doesn't have the stomach for actually doing the killing. Yeah. And so it's, which up, is, is great. It's great yeah. that they're, they're not all like, Oh, this is a family of evil people who love killing and eating that for some weird reason, there's this weird, like moral ambiguity with the father yeah. that like, Oh, I, I personally can't kill. I let my sons do that. It, it like fosters this weird sense of you don't know how these very manic characters are going to react at any point because she wakes up and starts screaming and then they all start hooting and howling <laughs> and the dad is for the most part he's just like laughing and like and then he's had enough of it so he turns strict and he tells them to just get it done yeah you know and then when um they start talking about how grandpa was the best killer huh and they're trying to get him to do it the dad starts hooting and hollering again he's like laughing his ass off and getting back into it like he can't control himself yeah you know so he's saying i can't you know i can't stomach the killing but then at the same time he's got this morbid love of like watching it like half clapping his hands like do it do it absolutely all of them are just like gleeful laughing loving it and that's my feeling as an audience member like i'm it's terrifying and hilarious all at once and maybe it was just pure terror in the 70s to watch this yeah but watching this in 2018 it's it's so bonkers yeah. and scary at the same time that you're laughing and scared throughout mm. this whole insane dinner scene. Yeah, totally. Um, and like, I, I felt like the acting between Leatherface and the creature from the fun house, the creatures was <laughs> yes. like the same thing. Like it was a, <laughs> right like just making weird sounds. Toby Huber has a very particular idea of like a creaturey bad guy yeah. and he directs 
all of those actors to do that same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Just moan and groan and flail your arms around. Yeah. A lot of body acting. <laughs> yeah. That's how you, you, but I mean, that works so well with a chainsaw running through the night. Holy shit. That's or the scariest thing in the world. A chainsaw at dawn, like when he's just flailing yeah, it all yeah, yeah. in every direction, like he's almost dancing he's with so anything. frustrated oh. and like just, yeah, just excited and full of adrenaline and whatever is happening yeah. in the night. But also it's like that, that's such a shocking scene when the brother gets run over and it looks oh, so yeah. good when he's just going under the truck wheels. He got hit by every wheel yeah. on that side of the truck. And I, I love the anarchy of that whole last sequence. Like, yeah. they go out to the road and, you know, like, a lesser writer would have just been like, oh, and then a truck comes and then they get in and drive off. Yeah. But to have first truck number one come, you know, run over, oh, kill, yeah. get out. They have to, like, they weave in and out of the truck. They, they aren't able to drive away with that thing. Yeah. That truck driver gets killed. A second truck comes <laughs> and that's the one that she gets in and drives away at. Like, yeah. you just your brain can't catch up with the events. No, it's as they're happening. It's crazy. Uh, how does the first truck driver get killed? Um, by and Leatherface. He throws a wrench at Leatherface. He throws a wrench at Leatherface, but then Leatherface is kind of chasing the two of them back around. And at one point he gets that truck driver. He does. And then he, he goes down. Oh, he does get him. Yeah. Okay. I must've missed that. And then she hops in the back of that truck and drives away. Of I'm pretty sure. Second truck that shows up. Yeah. Of the second truck. And like, I mean, the first truck driver just must be like, what the fuck is happening? The second truck driver must be like, what the yeah, fuck is the happening? The person who shows up in the pickup, like what a scene to stumble upon. Yeah. You're just stumbling. And there's this crazy person running around with a chainsaw. Yeah. A squished man on the road. <laughs> a truck with a bunch of like chainsaw cuts out of the door how do you even and you could still say yeah. like okay this woman looks like she's in the most yeah. trouble Better. and this other dude with the chainsaw looks like he's coming after her and it's coordinated <laughs> enough that like i'm just gonna i'm idling hop in yeah. hop in this is your chance now or never uh-huh. i'm peeling off if this guy gets close yeah because like I was just like thinking to myself, I'm like, listen, this is your deal. I'm not going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Like that would be in my head. If I, you come across a scene like that, you're like, who, what's going on here, kids? No, I'm driving my powder you blue pickup driving, out of like, there. I didn't see anything. Yeah. Oh, how's the drive, Dave? Fine. I didn't see anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, a couple of hitchhikers didn't think I, I didn't want to. Oh, it's like, it's so effective and scary too that yeah. she gets to this place she goes back to the store, arrives there, and she's like, okay, fine. Yeah. I'm here with this guy. And oh, then God. not realizing that, oh, there's no safety in this whole small little town or wherever the hell you guys are. Like, yeah, dude, everyone's in on this. Dude comes back with like a rope mm-hmm. and a, a burlap sack for her head. And she's like, no. Like, yeah. she gets it right away. But she's looking around, and this is the where they stopped at the beginning. Um, and the, the guy picked up a bag of barbecue air quotes for them (laughs) and then we saw we chewing on a piece of meat he's chewing on a piece of meat while he's looking at the side of the of the van where the guy had the blood and whatever like so good they were eating people that had been killed in a similar manner that they would shortly be killed and man i feel like first of all this is just such a different one aesthetically from the remake and i think both you can really appreciate on their own grounds and terms but that remake really came out at a time where a lot of similar films also came out like that one and the house of wax remake and mm, wolf yeah, creek yeah. are all like teens just ending up in kind yeah. of rural places where yeah. there's just awful awful people and they're kind of screwed regardless it's Is, like isn't that around the time that they remade um hills hills of eyes yeah, yeah so that's another one totally yeah dude you're there's right like a early 2000s wave of this kind of horror yeah I get a lot of people young people traveling across the world at that point totally people showing up in america yeah, what, would it so. have been? what would what would that fear around that time on? i don't know i mean well, they say, but, well no but this is based on an actual killer so that's where that's yeah, where it would have come from for this one yeah oh you're wondering you're running about 70s not 2000s yeah 
right gotcha because i know people do try to draw causal links and that's super interesting about just kind of social political events that are happening yeah. and horror i mean you can easily say like you know the trump administration is inaugurating like a whole new kind of high octane horror sure <laughs> um people talk about the new french extremity movement as a response to the response to 9-11 like okay. just and terror yeah. and torture and those things that's suddenly so interesting we get all yeah. this french yeah, yeah yeah there's all these things written into it but as far as that early 2000 traveling thing yeah that's an interesting thing to okay what around that time caused all these films if there is a cause yeah but it is not necessarily traveling it's the ending up in a very isolated place and that's where the yeah depraved people are totally even like 2070s i mean just this idea of the fear of the rural area like just the off the beaten track off the highway like not the fear of what's outside the cities like we have such safety in these cities i was saying when we were watching the movie this makes me want to never leave (laughs) a giant apartment building in a dense urban area yeah so this um this movie no going out to rural places no ritual no more camping (laughs) (laughs) yeah Horror, horror movies just ruin all fun di- stuff other than leaving your basement to watch those horror movies yeah <laughs> that's it all along horror directors get together and they're like all right how that's can fun. we keep people watching horror movies forever <laughs> we need to make them afraid of anything except their television in their basement yeah dude because you know, like black mirror lately doing like vr mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> terrifying you that's got to be like a, ho- a horror movie type thing i mean i guess vhs is close but just because it's such a thing now but, of people collecting blu-rays building up these huge collections having it there there's something we need to make that terrifying the idea of collecting horror films and just spending your life watching horror films that needs to be delivered into yeah dude yeah you know what i mean <laughs> and that just fucking you up let's cut that don't steal our idea anyone it's mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um the like even just him we talked about it a bit, but just the guy cutting op- open his own hand because right, yeah. you don't really expect that at all. He takes a knife. You're like, what's this guy going to do? Yeah. And the fact that it's self-harm. Yeah, that's like, that's almost our introduction to like, that's our first visual introduction to violence mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie mm-hmm. is that this guy who they picked up slices his hand open and then eventually ends up burning the photo that he just took, which is super creepy. And then... Yeah slicing up the guy in the wheelchair i mean that's that's a really gross way to start the you know potential this is the harm that's going to befall these people's bodies but the first introduction of some unease and violence is when they're talking like for no obvious reason talking about the ways that you slaughter cows in a slaughterhouse yeah i guess because they're going by it or they're nearby a slaughterhouse and this is before the guy they even pick up the hitchhiker yeah that's that's such a genius thing like discussion to write for them to have yeah so they're talking about how the better way to do it is not this new one where it's a painless gun which is like a really meta look at just the genre itself almost in a way mm-hmm. is like the gun is painless the gun's not better the old way is better the sledgehammer mm-hmm. and then l- that's how they end up taking that's out other faces yeah yeah which is Emma. so so great and he has those photos that he took because he was a but the photos that he took probably weren't from the butcher place but rather from his own they home. were humans <laughs> yeah they were exactly humans. and then like that's that real moment of shit this guy is this is going to be a threat when he mm-hmm. insists that he pays two dollars for the photograph yeah you like, can that's, tell that's you're like oh no friction is building no. and anyone who's kind of traveled anywhere and had had people come up to them and demand you know pay pay me for this for that can yeah. clearly identify with that uncomfort that is being thrust upon them but and this is shot so perfectly 
he's they're in this tight little van mm-hmm. and i love the way that the camera is just from one angle it's just him on one side of the van and the other angle Everyone it's the five of them crammed <laughs> as close to the front of the van as they can yeah. to just avoid this dude yeah you're right dude that's great and i love how once he starts slashing the guy everyone's freaking out and the guy driving just kind of is looking over his shoulder like yeah. what's happening back there what's going on <laughs> everyone just starts screaming yeah there was a funny moment too after that like where um, he's kind of like holding his arm and they're driving again. Like they've left this guy behind. Mm-hmm. And um, the first, the guy who gets killed first, he's sitting beside him and he's just like, <sighs> like kind of like, oh, that was crazy. Like just a really kind of subtle reaction to it <laughs> while the other guy's like holding his bloody arm. It's <laughs> like, whoo, what a day. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also love about this movie that um, it's not a situation where it's not a kind of conventional slasher where everyone knows, Oh, there's a killer on the loose. We're all in danger. We're getting picked off one by one in this movie. As people get killed, the other ones are still completely oblivious that their friends are yeah. even in danger at all. And they yeah. become less and less. Like I love that. It's the three of them at the van, the guy with curly hair and glasses, the final girl and the guy in the wheelchair. Yeah. And then the one guy's like, okay, I'll go look for him. They've got to be around here somewhere. Yeah. And he disappears, never comes back. And then it's night and we don't get like the drama building up and the slow concern building up. We just cut instantly to the guy in the chair and her fighting over a flashlight because she's like, I need to go look for him. I need to go look for him. Like we're already deep into the high tension, which I think is genius editing and cutting. That's really good. Yeah. We're down to two people. Yeah. By the time, like anyone needs to make a decision at all about anything. And these two still have no idea like how, Mm -hmm. how bad or fine the situation is with their friends. Totally. And as they, first of all, the sequence there, just outside the van with the, the flashlight that they have, the van's headlights on Mm -hmm. the way that the camera was moving around as they had their discussions about whether or not they're going to go into the, you know, go down the hill and start looking for these people. Yeah. Like the camera movement there, just conversation <clears throat> conversationally was beautiful. And like you made a comment as we were watching, there was just this still scene of them like talking. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, several minutes into the scene, the camera just slides over so that the actors can reposition themselves. So effective. And ju- yeah, you said it best. Cause like when that happens, you kind of like straight, your back straightens up a little bit. You're like, why is it, moving what's about to happen mm-hmm, something's happening mm-hmm. so it's like that lively camera m- mobility that was in all of the scenes throughout the entirety of the movie totally that was that that wasn't something that they threw in or only applied to certain scenes no that was throughout the whole thing one you pr- praise particularly early on is when we're just in a more populated area of the town i don't know if it was like an earlier gas station or something where there's a bunch of locals yeah right. and there's the the guy who's drunk lying on the grass yes and right he's like mumbling to himself about stuff happens in this town i've seen yeah. some things yeah. that we don't talk about it but the way the shot is it's like yeah he's on his back but the camera's down with him yeah so it almost you almost want to flip it around but you are right side up yeah he's upside down he's basically almost looking into the camera yeah. um with his head closest to it and then behind him at his feet are like people sitting on the back of a pickup and he's just rolling his beer bottle around like mm-hmm. it's a really really good shot and yeah. the lighting is just coming coming right at the camera like it's beautiful um there's another really good one where um it's right after the guy goes in for the first time and gets bludgeoned and killed mm-hmm. and i believe the girl who's with him is sitting on the swing yeah and she's sitting there it's like kind of like she's waited long enough and then she gets up and because she's mad about him giving the tooth, tooth to her yeah it gave her a tooth that he yeah. found which 
that's that's not not cool (laughs) like oh giant tooth cool a human tooth that's fun (laughs) that's not a warning sign we shouldn't get the fuck out of here yeah well someone lost this hey look (laughs) gross huh no that's (laughs) so menacing but yeah the camera's behind her in the bench it's yeah it's kind of behind under her on the bench so you can see her sitting on the bench like Mm -hmm. you can see her back and then she gets up and starts walking and the camera follows her and it goes underneath the swing that she's not a bench of swing that she's singing on sitting on and then it starts following her towards the house which is crazy to pull off with cameras in 1974 i mean you must have like a dolly track laid underneath there but then also two people holding both sides of the swing to lift it up to get the camera under there and to do it in a way that you can't tell as a viewer that the thing is being lifted out of frame that you're just still going underneath it yeah you wonder if it's like a track that's got like rises up or something man but it yes yeah, doesn't even slowly go up it just kind of almost immediately and those kind of forward tracking shots like i was i forget what movie i was watching the behind the scenes of you have to build the track as you're moving forward otherwise it would be in frame earlier so there right, are people yeah. like underneath there who are like click click laying down the track just for it to go in oh and yeah then you cut the sound after dude you're totally right nuts right Wow, and there was a good amount of them. Like, mm-hmm. never hesitated. Like a run, a sideways shot that's following a character running through brambles, yeah. no problem. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, uh, any movement was just so it animated the scene. Like yeah. in these scenes where it was just conversation, it was so interesting how many shots that they would use, or that I guess Toby Hooper would look to set up. Because um, early, early on, when they're at the gas station, and this is after the hitchhiker stuff, um, and. Uh, what's his name in the wheelchair is still like really messed up about having seen the images, having get, got cut, like how the guy burned his picture, yeah. how he put blood on the side of it. Like this guy's really messed up about this weird hitchhiker they picked and, up. And he's just frustrated about having to come along for this thing that he yeah. clearly didn't want to be a part of. <clears throat> yeah. He's being left behind. He's not, you know, his disability is not being considered. Yeah. Like, friends are having fun upstairs and he's yeah. stuck downstairs. Yeah. And so at the gas station, they're really just having a conversation with the guy who would turn out to be a very, very bad <laughs> guy um but the camp there was probably like a dozen two dozen camera angles like different shots to put together this one conversation so after we've been in the inside the car for this big long scene with the hitchhiker Mm -hmm. where you also commented that all the windows are just whited out with lights on them so yeah let's stick on that for a second because (laughs) that's that it's amazing that it works. It's amazing mm-hmm. that your your brain doesn't say, this is ridiculous. How come yeah. we can't see outside? Because the drama is so exciting inside the van the whole time. Yeah. But that's what you have to do because that's such an incredibly long scene. Mm-hmm. So to make it consistent, you can't just be on the road all day driving. You need yeah. to just have people outside the car slightly moving it up, like rocking it yeah. back and forth to make it look like you're driving. Exactly. And then just white sheets and light shining through those white sheets and that was it and somehow you're okay with it as a viewer you're not like why can't i see outside they could have been in a giant but honestly they could have been in a giant wooden shipping crate with no features on the inside pretending to be in a car because of how riveting and uncomfortable that scene is everything is that's happening they're in such close quarters and that's like the point like that's why that shot is so good absolutely is because you have thrown crazy uncomfortable variables into it but at the gas station you're saying we have we have all these crazy shots so our set expands massively Massively from the last one that we had mm-hmm. um, and yet the guy in the wheelchair stays in the car the guy who was driving stays in the driver's seat mm-hmm. so there's no convenient way to shoot that so they continue to go inside the car shoot through windows like using the window frame as the frame for the shot jumping out getting wide shots moving you know panning shots around the van like how many days was that scene to shoot I- exactly and so put that thought 
um, together with the thought that they were shooting crazy long days mm-hmm. and, you know, mix and matching what and when they were shooting shit and putting together not only, you know, a, a crazy movie with all these different shots, but doing so not chronologically. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's insane. Like, it just, it would alleviate so much if the whole movie was filmed at night, because then you're like, well, we can't mm. start filming until 7 p.m., and we stop filming at 5 a.m. Perfect. But every second of the day is accounted for at some point in this film, so there's uh-huh. always extra shots you can pick up at somewhere. And the set's all close. Like, you just have the three houses are like, let's move down the road, let's do some more yeah. van stuff by the gas station. Yeah, awesome. Crazy. It's wow but like not skimped at all all these beautiful shots i mean this must be the most art house that any slasher has ever gotten yeah i can't think of any other slasher that kind of nears this kind of level of excellence no it's frustrating me to think about all the other slashers that i've watched (laughs) and how they can get away with shit (laughs) that's so bad and this this is like a beautiful piece of artwork Mm -hmm. that if i had to cut anything from it i would cut five to ten seconds from that crazy um it was that was distractingly strange and awkward from that one sequence with yeah the close-up of her eyes and the screaming and whatever and then i would cut you know one half of a second away from right before the guy gets hit by the truck and run over yeah because uh, he holds up his hands like shaking like little jazz hands kind of like oh no that's and kind of his signature yeah flail yeah and it's like the camera's on like the front corner of the truck about to hit him so you've got just a little too long of him standing in front of the truck waving his hands oh no you're right you're right that driver like even if they had a shot of the driver kind of rummaging around that's a little cliche but yeah. just something because it did seem like the driver would have had way clear notice to either yeah. swerve out of the way or slam on the brakes yeah. of which he did neither well I, and i could even justify that he's trying to break but like he can't he's got a big sure a big but even like footer. add that to the sound like we didn't even have like sure. the yeah, sound the of screeching, screeching brakes or anything absolutely and still like have the guy turn to see the truck mm-hmm. and then that instant shot one little a couple frames of him like looking up with his hands up like i'm about to get hit mm-hmm. like just the instinct but not enough time that you can think about it it just needs to strike. Totally, totally agree. And the fact that we can just so specifically point out, you know, a very, very few seconds yeah. of the film that we have exactly. issue with is just a <laughs> testament to how great this film is, how yeah. much we loved it. Um, it's yeah. literally about 30 seconds of the movie mm-hmm. or less. This really blew my my memory of this movie out of the water. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm so delightfully pleased with how good this was to watch. Yeah, and this totally confirms my initial thoughts that we should have watched it immediately when we started <laughs> this fucking podcast. <laughs> Although, like... There's something of, nice about... Yeah. I mean, and we still have so many horror classics, and it's I think it's good that we didn't, you know, approach this podcast with... Let's just do, you know, the obvious mm. 10 biggest horror movies of all time right out the gate. Like, yeah. we are sprinkling them in with ones like The Funhouse every once in a while. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's, it's, that's a nice balance as the podcast continues. Absolutely. Toby Hooper's like climbing up on our like must watch directors list now, too. Three of them now, I guess. Three right? Toby Hoopers. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Anyone will Flanagan, obviously. We've done Hashuija and Gerald's Game. So that's another three-er. So the, I think those are the two top. That we've, we, I don't think we've done three for anyone else, no, so have we? No, it's Flanagan and... Uh, uh-huh. That'll change this year as we start to get into some threequels. Like, we do a third mm-hmm. Argento, finally. and Right, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Third Cronenberg. So we got others, others creep up. I forgot that we're past a lot of twos. A lot yeah. of sequels. Yeah, and a lot of sequels that we didn't bother doing. Is yeah. the Omen good? Omen sequel good? Anyone? Let us know, please. Let us know. If it's good, we'll do it. I don't want to do it, but if it's good, we'll do it. Agreed. 
All right, I guess that brings us to some Instagram comments. Instagram, Instagram comments. All right, so we got some uh, Instagram comments here from our The Voices post. Yes, please. We were just talking about uh, That's Mike, true. Yeah, yeah, Michael, Michael Perry. Um, so uh, It Waits Art says, modern classic. And creepy guy, underscore, 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 said, I need to see this. You know, before we even get into this, I want to say It Waits Art is kind of like if I had to really quickly describe this ep- episode and my feelings about seeing te- Texas Chainsaw finally, it waits art is probably how I would describe it. It waits. Art. It waits art. We yeah. waited for it and it was artful. Yeah. It's it's a bit of a wait, but when you get there, art. art. Yeah. It, it waits art, modern classic, creepy guy. I need to see this one. The voices. Yeah. So wait, what did it? What did... <laughs> and by the way, three <laughs> underscores is an underline at that point. I guess you're right. Uh, so creepy guy with one and two underscores were already taken, but <laughs> right. you really wanted to be the creepy guy. Uh, yeah. Creepy guy. You should see this one. You should see the voices. Totally. hundred percent. It's modern classic. Ask it waits art. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, that's one of the, my favorite things about this podcast is we got to speak to the writer of that crazy, mm-hmm. so weird movie. Like super sad, super funny, crazy performances. Yeah, that movie is singular. That is such a special little yep. film that is so underrated and yeah. so under talked about. And I think because it defies genre in a lot of ways, it does. Yeah, but it's got its moments. It's got its like horror sequences. Absolutely. It's its final act, which you know is like a th- third point five act. Like mm-hmm. is uh, in the bowling alley and it's on fire and oh stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, um, that's a very very horror sequence. But you don't know how to feel at this point because like you've right at the end of the movie you've uh, got your um sort of you're following along the psychiatrist yes and you, the main character oh, yeah, has those sort scenes of, are terrifying yeah so those all those ones that's basically he's going in between like you know when he's medicated he sees everything as it actually is mm-hmm. and when he's not man or when it's another character i i think it's uh, the best ryan reynolds performance i mean deadpool yeah that's great and hilarious but mm. you don't get the kind of emotional depth that you get with this character yeah just <laughs> dude totally i i might have to think about that for a minute but you could be 100 percent right it's its own he's one of a just kind bringing so much more yeah. yeah oh man he's so vulnerable he's so funny he's, and you were saying he really pushed for this project uh brian, brian reynolds. reynolds yeah yeah i, I, I think something about that uh, probably it's been a long time since it's I been a little wikipedia did but uh yeah i think that's also one of ryan reynolds favorites right yeah. that he's done yeah nice thanks creepy guy and it waits art yeah and if you haven't checked out the voices definitely do it please yeah definitely do it and then listen to our episode about it it's great you may think oh silly movie where ryan, ryan reynolds hears animals no. no disregard any preconceptions of what you think this movie is it's a movie that is impossible to market i think too yeah. which is probably a testament to why it didn't make as big a splash it's it's possible and it's weird i don't think there was an audience for that movie until it came out yeah like fucking amazing it's just like sing a happy song sing, sing a happy, happy song, song. Come on, sing along, sing that happy song. Sing a song. I was like a little annoyed at the top. I was like, you guys better not do like pull a Friday the 13th where um, I'm expecting a hockey mask and machete and I don't get get that for two fucking movies. I was expecting, I'm like, is this going to be the fucking sledgehammer massacre? No way. And they're going to do me. Oh, like there'd be no yeah. chainsaw? I thought the chainsaw was going to be the ghost hockey mask in this one. <laughs> no, that would be extra insane because... 
Friday the 13th isn't called Friday the Hockey Mask 13. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so if the word chainsaw is in the title and you don't get a chainsaw, that would just Imagine be unforgivable. how funny that would be at the end of the movie. People walking yeah. out, like, just stunned at how good it was. Mm-hmm. And like, why is it called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? But man, even like Poltergeist still just feels like such a Steven Spielberg film. I know pe- mm-hmm. we argue about that and people really are standing up for Toby Hooper and saying he was the director. But just the way those shots are established and framed it. I mean, this movie just feels like it has such a singular, unique character that's yeah. different from the Sp- Steven Spielberg type of movie. Yeah. You know what? Like when we said at the top, like what are the Toby Hooperisms? Mm-hmm. I think that might have been somewhat camouflaged by the fact that the big reference point movie that we have is Poltergeist. Poltergeist, like, yeah, right. and and Funhouse. Like I'm excited to watch more and see yeah. hopefully more of the stuff that we loved about Texas yeah. Chainsaw in those other ones. Funhouse, like I think Funhouse was much watching Funhouse and then watching this close together like really helps mm-hmm. identify how Toby Hooper makes movies. Like you can see what he does really well, what he's really good at, and right. then he's like, ah, we'll throw that in. Yeah. Yeah. this one too right loves dollies loves doing a little sideswipe. yeah and looks great looks great toby well scaredy cats thanks for listening to our 100th episode it's the tex chris dave saw massacre i'm david stonebrough i'm chris vandenberg and as always chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns chaos reigns is freezer girl still kicking chaos reigns Here's to 100 more. See you next week.